Welcome Jeez. to Big Ben and K-Win on NoFilter.net, an NBA edition. We're broadcasting live before game two between my Warriors and my Lakers. Can't lose with that matchup. <laughs> I'm K-Win. He's Big Ben. Welcome. <laughs> well, I, yes, well, I'd like to under, truly understand your rooting interest tonight. Okay, Listen, I'm back. I'm a fear runner fan. All right. We've got the, uh, the, the phone. The phone on. got too. The phone got too high. <laughs> no, you don't say. So I'm gonna have to do. Uh, I'm gonna have to do it with the door to the sauna open so that the phone doesn't do that again. <laughs> All good. We are live now, so don't stand up if there's not a towel. Oh, there's a um, towel underneath you. <laughs> there's a towel. We're good for sure. Well, welcome to the podcast. We have Dave Ben. You know Dave from TV and radio, baseball and basketball, the Timberwolves, the Twins, the Giants, and the A's. But what we love most about Dave, he's traveled the world in sports, but he still has a Bay Area cell phone. That's what <laughs> we're talking about. Yeah, well, I still live in the Bay Area, so of course I have a Bay Area cell phone. I, I'm, I'm in Marin County, man. I know, but you know, you've... You've jumped around. I thought maybe you would have switched it up in time, but you haven't. You've kept it consistent. Yeah, I had a, uh, for a long time, I had a Miami cell phone, and it really, uh, it, it, as much as I like the 415, getting rid of the 305 area code was not an easy thing for me to do. I bet. So, Dave, before we lose you, I, I want to talk a little bit about, um, for those that don't know you, maybe, um, you replace uh, Mr. Hanneman as the voice of the Timberwolves most recently. But I went to school for broadcast news, and I know Kyle doesn't like this too much, but I always like to hear the stories of how you got to where you are today. You've been at WTTG, KLZ, KNBR. You've been west of the Mississippi, east of the Mississippi. You've been, you've probably done voice, or excuse me, broadcasting for handball, they ask you to, just so you get closer to your, you know, the overall goal. But I went to school for broadcast news, Edward R. Murrow School of Communications at Washington State University. I think you went to Syracuse, if I have that right. I went to Oswego. I grew up in Syracuse. And they probably didn't teach you in your classes that to do podcasts in saunas. <laughs> no, they didn't. No, they didn't. Me, this is like I just I love I love just being on the edge. And I take my lessons from Eric Burns, who of course is our you know fearless leader, no filter, by the way. My friend Kirsten, who is uh, the one who is, uh, Kirsten is nice enough to, to set me up here at the spa. She's making a, a quick appearance just to check. She wanted to say Hi. hello on the podcast. What's up, guys? Hey, Kirsten. How's it going? Yeah, and I said, she's going to kill me because so, I said Kirsten. It's Kirsten. So It is Kirsten. I, 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 heard, I just misspoke. I heard you guys wanted my expert opinion on the game this weekend. Yeah. Well, actually, tonight, it's Warriors-Lakers. Who do you have? Um, that's a hard one. Um, Steph Curry's small but mighty, but he's also up against a really big name. So I might go Warriors on this one. Love it. Yeah. Now, are you a Ma- you are you a Mavs fan? I am a Mavs fan. I'm not originally from Dallas. I'm from Chicago. So I've got a lot of teams and a lot of places. 
Um, I also went to school at in Wisconsin, so um, I've got a lot of teams everywhere. Um, but yeah, I actually saw Steph Curry um, play the Mavs here a couple years ago, and he just absolutely dominated. So I think he's small but mighty. Um, and obviously, he's not that small, but I think people underestimate him a little bit, um, especially when he's playing the big names. Love that insight. <laughs> Meet a Midwest, yeah, counter correspondent. Yeah. Yeah, I've got an, I've got an extra course. We we have intern opportunity internship opportunities. Uh, Interested in an internship opportunity? It depends. Do you guys want me to be an intern? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'd I, love it. I never say no to a good opportunity. So. Cool. <laughs> I'll look you guys up with the. Uh, I'll look you guys up with the info. Awesome. Perfect. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks, Kirsten. <laughs> you guys see there you go. You guys never know what you're gonna get. I'm in a sauna. I got, you know, I got people applying for internships and we're only like two minutes into the podcast. But anyway, you were talking about, you were talking about Edward R. Murrow School of Broadcasting, which obviously that's a legendary name. Yeah, no, and I think what I found is that, um, you know, in my, when, when we graduate with Broadcast News, we kind of have a group of 20 of us that just feather out into the world and hope to make it to ESPN Sports Center or, you know, the Today Show. And... I was told that I had a better chance of being an uh, NFL quarterback than I did of being on ESPN figuratively. And that's really? probably the reality too. Yeah. So how'd you get, how'd you get to where you got and uh, what kind of give us two or three anecdotal stories that probably define your career path. That I think those are always wow. fun. Man, uh, I got to where I got to. So I went to Oswego, which is, I grew up in Syracuse. So I went to Oswego, which is about an hour and change away. Did a bunch of internships, radio, TV. My first ever job in uh, broadcasting was I was a morning show producer at a rock radio station in Syracuse where I grew up. And uh, I eventually got fired from that job because I didn't take it seriously enough. I, they, they were supposed to be there at like, you know, 4.30 in the morning and I started showing up at you know five thirty, five forty-five, <laughs> and they weren't they weren't they weren't real thrilled with that. And for a long time, I actually I kept my last paycheck that I got from there, and I like framed it and I wrote on it, "Don't ever do this again," like because I knew that if I really wanted to be in broadcasting, that I needed to take it seriously, even if it was a job, just you know being a morning show producer at a rock station making next to nothing. Um, so, you know, in a way, it was a, it was a good lesson to learn to, you know, like uh, you kind of make that change from being a teenager to, you know, becoming a young man and realizing you got to do things more seriously. Um, and then I, I got my first full time TV job was in Utica, uh, Utica, New York, working as like um, the sports director at the local ABC news station. And then I went to Green Bay and I covered the Packers in the height of the Favre era, back to back Super Bowls. And, uh, you know, that was just that was, you know, really a great time to be in Green Bay. If there's ever a good time to be in Green Bay, that was it. And um, and then I went to Miami, which going from Green Bay to Miami was like getting paroled. And, um, <laughs> and, and, and uh, I got a chance to, you know, work on uh, Miami Heat and uh, Florida Marlins pre and post game shows. And, um, you know, that was my first time really kind of getting into like major live sports events um because we had the broadcast rights for the over the air games and then 
eventually my station in Miami got sold to uh, Univision and they turned it into, into Telefuturo and my my Spanish isn't very good. So, uh, you know, I was on my way out. And then I actually came to Dallas. I was here in Dallas where I am today um, for about a year and a half working for Fox Sports Rocky Mountain. Then I went from there to uh, Indianapolis and I did more. I did the morning show at the local Fox station in uh, Indy. Uh, I was the the sports guy on the morning show, and that was actually a cool job because they they didn't really want me doing like real sports. They wanted me to like go if there was like a new rock climbing wall center that opened up, they would want me to go do like live shots from there. So I would just you know I'd roll out of bed and throw on a t shirt and shorts and go to a rock climbing wall and just screw around all morning. And so that was kind of a, a fun gig, except getting up at three thirty in the morning was rough. Um, yeah. That, that was when I discovered coffee, by the way. That was, I, I never, <laughs> I never was a coffee man until then. And then it was like the only way I could get up was coffee. Um, then I went to Denver and I worked at Fox Sports Rocky Mountain. And while I was in Denver, I got my first chance really all along the way. I had done like little side gigs here and there of doing play by play. Um, but I had never really had it be a main component of my job, although it was always the dream. It was always what I aspired to do. And um, I got my first like real opportunity to do a real legitimate, uh, you know, television broadcast of, of basketball uh, when I was working at Fox Sports. They let me do some Colorado State games. I actually called a Colorado State game against Utah while uh, Andrew Bogut was still playing at Utah. And then, cool. uh, then I then the Mountain West Network. A lot of people don't know this, but the Mountain West Conference, believe it or not, out of all the conferences, the Mountain West Conference was the first. Sports conference to have their own television network. They launched really? them out back in like the mid 2000s when I was working in Denver. So I got a bunch of freelance stuff doing uh, basketball games for the mountain. Um, and then I went from Denver. Uh, uh, I, um, I went from Denver. I got a radio show while I was in Denver too. I did afternoon drive radio. And then I ended up getting uh, I, my station in Denver shut down and uh, Fox Sports didn't renew my contract, which is a whole nother story. So I ended up going to DC and I went to work to, I went back to local news. And I was the weekend sports guy at Fox five television in DC, which was, you know, pretty cool to uh, be in our nation's capital. One of the coolest things I got to cover was, um, I, well, I covered the opening of nationals park, which was cool. And um, I actually was at the, uh, at the con congressional hearings when they were uh, talking to the players about Major League Baseball and steroid use. And I was in the room the day Roger Clemens testified in front of Congress and said that he didn't use steroids and it was a B-12 shot and the whole nine yards. Um, and then I got recruited to go to San Francisco, won Comcast Sportsnet Bay Area, which is now NBC Sports Bay Area launched. A friend of mine was kind of um, put in a management spot and he recruited me to come out there. So I went there. And then while I was there, a friend of mine who was working there left to go to Fox Sports. And then this this is the incestuous part kind of you alluded to a little bit, you know, where along the way your friends are going up the ladder too. So then they're in a position to help you. Um, and a friend of mine got hired by Fox Sports uh, Wisconsin to work on the Milwaukee Bucks stuff. But Fox Sports Wisconsin is like a sister network with Fox Sports North, which does the Minnesota stuff. And he called me and said, hey, the Timberwolves job is open. And I applied for the Timberwolves job, never thinking I had a shot at getting it. I had done a lot of play-by-play -play stuff along the way. And, you know, at that point, I had probably done, you know, 100 college basketball games and a handful of football and whatever. But, um, you know, I was like, 
not getting an MBA play-by-play job. It was the dream, but I didn't think I was getting it. And then I sent my tape in, and uh, well, at that point, I think it was actually a DVD. Um, and I sent my DVD in, and they, you know, they called me and were like, hey, we like your stuff. Do you have anything else? And so I sent them more stuff. And then next thing you know, like, they're flying me up for an audition. And next thing you know, they offered me the job. And, you know, I had a, I had a decade run in the NBA. You made it. It's awesome. And, it, it's and my credit cool. report, by the way, guys, like that took me a long time. That's the Cliff Notes version of my life. The, um, the my, you know, you get your like Equifax credit report and the last cup, the last, the end of it is like all your permanent addresses. Mine is like 12 pages. So, yeah, I was um, going to say. Yeah. So, you know, sometimes you'll be like filling out some kind of application online and they ask you personal questions. Have you ever lived at this? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, did I live on Thomas Avenue? Maybe. Yeah, like no idea. Now I have to ask you, Minnesota Timberwolves, you were there during the 2017-2018 season. I was. The infamous Jimmy Butler story from practice where he took random people, the water boy and the scrubs, and beat the starters and walked off the court. Like, did you hear anything about that? Or what did you hear about that during that time? Because the media sensationalized that story. Yeah, well, that happened, obviously, while Tom Thibodeau was the coach. And, you know, different coaches handle things different ways. Um, You know, Tibbs was a coach who did not let the media and even the broadcasters for the team into practice or into shoot-around. So, you know, I heard about, you know, it's a little overinflated. I mean, he didn't really pulled the water boy and all that, but he was playing with the, you know, the reserves and, um, you know, this from what I heard, but I heard a lot of, a lot of everything else was accurate, you know, played with the reserves and he was, you know, shouting off the whole time. And obviously he didn't want to be there anymore. And he was trying to make, make it hard for, you know, for them to be able to find a way to keep him. And, um, you know, but it, 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 it's unfortunate that I wasn't there. I'll tell you a great story though. You guys, you guys want a little anecdote. So here's the, um, and you can find this somewhere on YouTube. So um, when Jimmy was in the middle of all that, he wasn't really regular, regularly playing, right? They were just sitting in. And so it was Halloween. And they, at shoot around that morning at the media availability, Tom Thibodeau was asked, is Jimmy going to play tonight? And he said, no, Jimmy's out. And they said, well, you know, what, what, what's he out with? And uh, he, he was just kind of hesitates. He goes, uh, general soreness. And so, um, so, so now mind you, it's Halloween. So, so somewhere along the way during the course of the day, somebody creates a meme of like a civil war general with like Jimmy Butler's head on it and puts for Halloween, I'm going to be general soreness. that's amazing so 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 now it gets to be right before tip off and um i hadn't seen the meme and like five minutes before we're gonna go on the air my broadcast partner jim he's like hey ben did you see this and i was like and i was so i'm like laughing and so now we get to the top of the broadcast and we're live and so we would always start off with talking about like three key things that are going to impact the game right and so I would have like three points and I'd go through them. And the, the third bullet point was that Jimmy Butler was not playing tonight. And, um, and I said, I said on air, I go, and I go, finally, 
Jimmy Butler uh, uh, will be out tonight as the two wolves try to guard against General Soreness. And I said it like it was uh, <laughs> like he was a person, and Jimmy lost his and, and just like was dying. And so um, we we just like the two of us got into like one of those giggle fits, and we couldn't stop <laughs> laughing. And we're on live TV. And, uh, you know, we finally worked through, worked through it, got to the commercial, and the owner of the team, Glenn Taylor, was sitting, like, you know, 15 feet from us. And I just got up, and I walked over to Glenn, and I go, Glenn, please don't fire us. <laughs> 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 so you can find that out there somewhere. That's out there on YouTube if people want to find that. We'll definitely look that up. So if you think about the big matchup tonight, Warriors-Lakers, what are the keys to the game, and who do you like in the overall series? Warriors are going to win the series. Uh, I felt like the Lakers would win game one. I felt like the Warriors were probably a little bit, you know, it was going to be hard to, to just snap them back after that series against the Kings, even though they played so impressively in game seven. Um, or, well, Steph played really impressively in game seven. <laughs> um, but, you know, it, that was going to be hard. That, you know, and I don't think people across the country really realize, you know, just how much how much that rivalry really, really just exploded between those, you know, two franchises because of the geography and the fact that they had never played in the playoffs before. So, um, you know, that, I think to bounce back from that with very little rest and the Lakers knew who they were playing, I was not surprised at all that the Lakers, um, you know, won game one. I think the Warriors bounced back tonight. I looked at the spread at seven. I think that's a big number. Um, I personally wouldn't touch that with a 10 foot pole, but I, but I do think that I do, I, you know, I could, cause I could, I could see the Warriors covering, but I could also see the Warriors needing it to go down to the wire. But I think one way or another, the Warriors get it to the finish line tonight and go down to LA one, one. I think this series is going six or seven games. Yeah. I'm a Bay area person as well. East Bay. So I'm with you on the Warriors, but they had to get so emotionally up for that game seven and the Kings played them tough, and they had to come back after, like, a day and a half. And Steph was still good, but it took them a while to get going. And I think they figured something out in the second half that they'll carry over to game two and the rest of the series. Yeah, I think that um, – well, listen, the biggest thing is can Clay find his shot again? I know he in that second half, like you said, but Clay's, Clay's got to get it together. Like, uh, you know, it can't just be carrying the load. And Jordan Poole's got to stop. Jordan Poole's got to realize who he is. Jordan Poole mm -hmm. taking that shot late. I mean, come on, man. You, like, if you're wide open in the corner, maybe. But with so much time left on the shot clock, and I know we're getting down to the end of the game, Steph Curry and Clay Thompson. Like, I, I know Jordan's done some great stuff, but I, I don't. I, I did not want Jordan taking that shot. And if anything, if Jordan was going to take that shot with 18 seconds to go, and it was like, like 18 seconds, it's a three-point game. Freaking fine, drive and get, and get a layup because you still got time. But, like, just take a 28-foot three? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> and he kind of walked away like this. Like, he knew it was going in. I was like, wow, that's a deep shot, one. And, two, you're not, like, finishing up your follow-through on that. So, yeah, I agree with you. And the hierarchy of people you want taking that shot, he's probably third on that team, right? Is that uh, accurate? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, obviously he wants or you, to or did you put him ahead of Clay at this point? No, I'd still want Clay. Clay, listen. Clay's going to figure it out. I mean, you know, it's, 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 he's in a little funk, but I don't think that, you know, I think that the long-term, uh, the long-term pattern speaks for itself.
Dave, you've spent some time in the Rocky Mountain or Denver area. Um, Kyle and I talk about the Nuggets often as just finally being healthy and everyone contributing for the most part. You've seen uh, Jamal Murray take over games. And then you have the Suns who are now going to be dealing with injury, CP3, Ken Booker, and uh, Durant, just the twosome of a do it. They're, they're not as deep as you think and or hope to be if you were wanted to win a title this year, but who do you have winning that series? I mean, I think Denver's going to gonna get it to the finish line. I mean, you know, De- Denver's been the best team in the league all year. Nobody really wants to give them the respect that they deserve. And, you know, I mean, Jokic has been the MVP, and Murray can play lights out. And I don't love Aaron Gordon and Michael Porter Jr., but, you know, when they get it going, they can be a handful. You know, they, they've got some really nice pieces in Denver. Um you know, so I think Denver comes out of that series. I think the Warriors come out of this series. I think Denver is a good matchup for Golden State. So I think that, you know, I mean, I, I, until somebody beats the Warriors, I'm not going to believe that they're dead. And, um, you know, it's I don't care what their seating was. I don't care what their regular seating was. You know, they, they until somebody beats them. But I will say, if I had to pick who I think is going to win the finals this year, I think it's going to be Boston. I think Boston's been knocking on the door, and they're right there, and it's 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 their time. Yeah, I'm I'm hoping for a little rematch last year of last year, and we might see it uh, with Boston and the Warriors. Yeah, I think there's a good chance, but you know, I mean, listen, it's uh, there's still a lot of basketball to be played, and I mean. I mean, Miami knocked off Milwaukee, and Spoh's a pretty damn good coach. So, I'm, uh, I mean, if they could beat Milwaukee, why can't they? You know, I think I think Miami will beat the Knicks. I don't know that Boston's a great matchup for Miami. Um, but, you know, if, if Philly somehow finds a way to beat Boston, I think Miami could beat Philly. I think uh, – so, I, I wouldn't count Miami completely out yet. But it's um, – you know, I think there's still a lot to be decided. But if I had to pick right now, I, I, I say it's a rematch of last year. So you saw Andrew right. Wiggins up and close in Minnesota, and then the rest of the world got to see him more during the playoffs and that series against Boston. Did you think it would be this good of a fit when oh, Andrew yeah. Wiggins? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, I did. Like when you know, listen. If you, and it's not revisionist history. Like if, when the trade went down, obviously with all my Bay Area ties, you know, I, I, I. I got phone calls from, you know, all the radio stations in, in the Bay Area, and they asked me what I thought about the trade. And I said it then. I said, this is going to be a trade that's going to be great for Andrew Wiggins and great for the Warriors because Andrew Wiggins is a hell of a talent. He's never going to reach his potential in Minnesota. Um, he, he In Minnesota, he needed to be, you know, he he, he kind of needed to be the man, even though Thomas was kind of emerging. But he still, Wiggins was, you know, a number one overall draft pick, and he, he needed to be the man. And that's not... That's not how he's cut. It's not his personality. Andrew Wiggins is a great secondary player, and he also needed to learn from people that knew how to win and to teach him how to win and teach him the habits that he needed to develop every day to become an all-star and to become the player that he is. The talent was always there, but he wasn't gonna, going to get that kind of education you know, having a learning himself in Minnesota. So I always felt like it would be in a, a phenomenal trade for the Warriors and, and a good fit for Andrew, and that's come to fruition. Well, Dave, uh, <clears throat> we don't want to see you pass out in the sweat house. So um, <laughs> we got a couple questions for you, then we'll get you out of here. 
Uh, your Wolves, now knowing that you work for the organization, um, give me the high-level outlook for your for uh, Minnesota next year. Well, you guys know I'm not with the Wolves anymore. Actually, they, uh, we parted ways at uh, prior to this past season. Oh, uh, wow. Okay. That's yeah. my fault. Yeah, well, that's okay. That's okay. All right. Yeah. Scrap that. I got two. Que- one more question then. Um, would it be safe to say that if on a Friday night you have nothing to do, we might find you playing pickleball listening to Neil Diamond? Uh, yeah. Both of those okay. are a good possibility. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe not listening to Neil Diamond, but being at a Super Diamond uh, show for sure. And uh, <laughs> I used to once in some of my podcasts. So, yeah. Um, and then the next, generally where this stems from is Kyle and I always like to look at people's Twitter and who they follow. I always think it gives a good emphasis on like, you know, what the person is or who they are. One of our buddies followed, I think, or one of my buddies followed 10 um, betting, you know, (laughs) betting gurus, if you would. Never knew it. But it looks like I have a question. Who is Dr. The Beer Baron? No clue. That's funny I'm following. Yeah. And then there's a guy, Rickatron, self-proclaimed. Yeah, don't know. You know, some of these people will hit you up while you're like on, you know, while you're doing NBA and they'll be like, hey, will you give me a follow? So it's entirely possible those are people that I just, you know, gave a follow to because they were, you know, it's because they were cool. Kyle, I to- totally bombed our exit there. So another swing. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll save us. But it looks like we can get a follow from Dave if we hit him up. After, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you guys can get a follow for sure. I'll give you guys a follow. So, so fresh off the press. Mike Boozenholder got fired from the Milwaukee Bucks. So we want you to leave us with this. Who do you think will be the next Milwaukee Bucks coach? And who will be the next Toronto Raptors coach as well? Man, that's a, that's a great question. Um, I have not given a lot of thought to who's, who's next, but I will tell you that, um, I would really like to see David Adelman, who has been, you know, on Mike Malone's bench in Denver for a long time. He was on the Timberwolves bench, um, you know, with his dad, Rick Edelman, back in the day. And I on the bench with Flip Saunders, too, when Flip took over. I think he actually might have even been on the bench with Tom Thibodeau for one year. Um, uh, David is a really smart, smart coach, and he's a really good guy. And, um, you know, he's paid his dues, and I think he'd be a hell, of a, a hell of a coach. And I'd love to see his name, especially now that, the, you know, because the Nuggets have had such great success. You know, teams yeah. love to raid, raid the cookie jar of the teams that are having success. If David Adelman doesn't get a look for some of these jobs, I'll be surprised and disappointed. And I, I really hope that, that he's a candidate for, for either one of those games. Love it. We might also see Kenny Atkinson from the Warriors, especially if, they go back to back or even go to the finals because I think he turned down a job last year to stay on as a head coach or as an yeah, assistant Kenny, coach. Yeah, Kenny is, uh, you know, Kenny had some good success in Brooklyn. Obviously, there were high expectations there, and there's a lot you got to deal with. But he's a hell of a coach too, and um, you know, it's 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 going to be interesting to see how things shake out. I'm really kind of surprised that um, Toronto parted ways with Nick Nurse. I'm I'm more surprised by that than I am by the Mike Budenholzer thing. Um, you know, but uh, the, but the Nick Nurse thing really kind of surprised me because I Nick is Nick's a great coach. He'll land. Who knows? Maybe Nick ends up in Milwaukee. Yeah, maybe. 
Coaching, coaching swap. Yeah. <laughs> so, so Dave, we'll let you get out of here. But before you leave, do you want to tell our listeners where they can find your content, follow you online, listen to your No Filter Network program, and more? Yeah. Um, well, the Press Box Party podcast is on No Filter, so you can check that out and all the archives there. And we're a little bit overdue for getting a, a new episode up because I was doing pickleball uh, last week in Naples, the U.S. Open Pickleball Championships. I had this event in Dallas, so you know I've I haven't put a lot of uh, I haven't put a lot of time into trying to book another guest, but that's on the that's on my agenda for this next week. So hopefully we're gonna you know gonna fire that back up. I have been talking to Mark Jones, who did the Sacramento Kings and obviously does some national stuff with ABC. And Mark and I worked together uh, in Miami when I was there, and I so I talked to him recently about coming on, and he said he would, he would probably do it. So. Uh, you know, look to sooner rather than later there to be a podcast with, with Mark Jones on the Press Box Party. And, you know, we'll see what other what other stuff develops uh, in, in the meantime. Well, cool. Well, thanks for everyone for listening. At Big Ben, Kwin underscore, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Dave will let you get out of there so you don't get any general soreness. <laughs> first, first guest to lose 10 pounds during the podcast. <laughs> Phenomenal. Dave, thanks for the time. Guys, thanks for having me, man. You're great. Keep up the good work. All right. Take it easy. Yeah.